what we're seeing now, the perfect example is the sexualization of our children. We, we're seeing this even here in Murray County at the local library. There's a concerted effort to take these approaches. And while we're looking at it and we're like, well, obviously this is wrong, people don't necessarily understand the Marxist underpinnings of these actions. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Lewis, founder of the Tennessee Conservative. It is the Volunteer State's largest conservative news alternative. Today, we are joined by Aaron Miller. Miller is a 12-year veteran of the U.S. Air Force, a husband and a father, a dedicated champion for liberty. He holds a bachelor's degree in political science uh, and a master's degree in internal affairs, international affairs, not internal affairs or medicine international affairs, and is currently pursuing his master's in uh, management. He is also a county commissioner in District 7 for Murray County, home of Andy Ogles, and is the executive director of the Foundation for Liberty and Freedom. Aaron, welcome to the program. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, Brandon. Thank you so much for having me on and giving me an opportunity to, to talk about uh, some projects we've got going on here in Murray County. Excellent. And I'm, I'm very glad, very glad that we both got the uh, the burgundy shirt memo. Very important uh, that you show up color coordinated. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your organization, uh, what you do um, and what exactly is the Foundation for Liberty and Freedom? Yes, sir. So the Foundation for Liberty and Freedom or FLF uh, was started by myself and two of the guys that I served with in the Air Force. And it's a very new organization. Uh, I, I think it's providential that uh, these other two gentlemen and I sort of reconnected after we had all left active duty. And of course, my educational background, there's another, uh, one of the others, Brian, is in law school. And the third has a background in social work and has worked with nonprofits before. And we all have very similar beliefs, uh, religious as well as political. And we said, we should do something with this, 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 broad, uh, this breadth of experience and uh, academic background, we need to do something with this for our community, for our state. And so this was the idea we came up with. And the goal of uh, the foundation is to educate and train conservatives, right libertarians, folks that are concerned with where the culture is going, where our government is going in, in uh, these, these trying times that we find ourselves in. So how can we go about doing that? And so the way we broke this down is into three phases. The first phase is to uh, address the uh, potential education gaps with children. So in order to do that, we are gathering donations to buy sets of the Tuttle Twins, the Brave Books, these uh, more traditionally conservative ideas and educational materials, and give those out to local homeschool groups, private schools, get these materials into the hands of kids whose parents can oversee this education, explain these deeper concepts to them, and sort of get them on what I call the road to freedom. The second phase is to address uh, young adolescents and even young adults, getting them plugged in with groups like Young Americans for Liberty, the Leadership Institute, um, uh, Young Americans for Freedom, uh, all of these different groups that are specifically geared towards their age group to, again, build upon that foundation that hopefully we've built or their parents have already built with the educational, uh, excuse me, with the, the educational, educational materials in terms of the books. And then finally, adults. So with adults, we have a three-pronged approach, and that is to offer events uh, that are geared towards different things. So the event that I have coming up on Saturday, which we're going to talk about, 
is a, a lecture model. So we want, we want to give folks a deeper background into what's going on around different concepts, different ideas, and why it's important, why it has informed the times that we find ourselves in. The second is to give them what I call make a difference workshops and to essentially train adults that already have the motivation. They just might not have the skills or they might not have the tools that they need to become engaged in their communities. So the idea is to take an afternoon and give them training on how to write an op-ed or how to grassroots organize, how to put together a protest, these sorts of things. And then they can go out in the community and uh, use those tools that we've given them. And the third is what I'm calling community circles. And the idea of a community circle is more of a guided discussion for uh, how they can become more involved in their own community, given their local environment, given their local resources, rather than me coming into their community and just making assumptions, learning more about them, what they need, and how we can help them accomplish those goals. Uh, so that's the, that's the goal of the foundation is to address these gaps across the state and hopefully strengthen our cultural institutions, our social institutions in the state and, and guide them in a direction that we want as conservatives rather than allowing the federal government or these, these outside cultural institutions to step in and decide that for us. Well, we need that. We need to equip the grassroots so often uh, people know that things aren't right, even right here in their backyard. Uh, and that corrupting influence is, is not limited to the federal government. The more that I've covered Tennessee state government, it, it's here. It's just muted. And it's it, they, they put it in prettier clothing and they don't come right out and, and say what they're up to. Well, by the time this airs, uh, your first training will have been open, uh, opened up to the public and the event will have transpired. But you're going to do these in other areas. I know you mentioned that there was some interest in Knox and Blunt counties. Uh, for those who can't attend or for those who uh, will attend future events, give us three to five points of what you'll be covering in your mapping Marxism uh, talk that that you're giving this coming Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. So sort of from a 30,000 foot view, if you will, my goal is to build a holistic way of viewing the philosophical development of Marxism while tying that into the real historical events that have resulted from these evolutionary steps. So I actually start, I don't start with uh, Karl Marx. I actually start with Jean-Jacques Rousseau, who was a Enlightenment era philosopher um, that sort of set the philosophical foundation for everything to come after. So for example, his whole idea was that humans are basically good. It's society that makes them evil. So if we build society the right way, then we can create utopia. And the historical uh, result of that was Pol Pot's and, and the Khmer Rouge's Cambodian genocide. Uh, he took Rousseau's ideas extremely literally to the point where we, he, Rousseau says we have to tear everything down, all the way down society, all the way down to the bare bones and then rebuild every time. So if we mess up, it's fine. Just kill a few million people and we'll start over. Um, so building up through that from uh, Rousseau, to Marx himself, to uh, the Frankfurt School, when you get into uh, Herbert Marcuse or George Lukács, all of these figures added a slightly different spin on Marxism. And then there's almost always a historical parallel whilst, where someone took that literally and applied it. So it, the end result I want to drive home is that what we're seeing now, the perfect example is the sexualization of our children. We, we're seeing this even here in Murray County at the local library. There's a concerted effort to take these approaches 
And while we're looking at it and we're like, well, obviously this is wrong, people don't necessarily understand the Marxist underpinnings of these actions. So using that as an example, you would have to look back at George Lukács, a Hungarian Marxist, uh, and he was the deputy commissar for education. And so he specifically said, we need to target the children. And this is, this is the, the true insidiousness of Marxism. We recognize it as a political model, of course, and an economic model, of course, but we don't necessarily see it as a cultural model, but it absolutely is. And that's what I want people to understand as we're going through these different figures and these historical events. And at the end, they can see the steps that have been taken that have brought us to where we are today. And sort of these, these dramatic cultural changes that the left is trying to push, now they can piece all of that together. And my hope is that they can leave that lecture and then explain to others what they learned. And I think that is the foundation for cultural change. We have to understand what is happening, why it's happening, and only then can we counter it. Well, talk to me a little bit about, you know, I'm a very practical person. Sure. Um, and I, I don't know if I've just I've lost my in, uh, much of my interest for the uh, for, I guess, the cerebral. And I have uh, honed into the political and what we can do here in Tennessee um, to keep this stuff out of our state. We are there's nowhere left to run. Uh, there's there's not another country. There's not another state. If we if if we lose ground here, we lose ground um, all over the world. And so where do you see this taking root in county government, education, state government? Uh, where are you seeing this take root and um, what can people do to slow it down, stop it, um, reverse it, root it out? Sure. So I'd first like to say on that point that I do believe very firmly that understanding runs parallel to action. We have to be well informed before we can take action. So the lectures, I like to think at least, and the other events that we're planning, sort of weave those two things together. So what I really like to drive home with folks is that we need to uh, be well-informed, and then from there, we can activate, mobilize, and engage. But we first have to understand what we're engaging with. So to your question, I think it's a full-court press. I think it's on the county level or the city level. It's on the state level, and certainly through the federal level. One of the things that, that the federal government does to sort of get its tendrils into the state and affect these sorts of things, you have educational curriculum like social emotional learning, which has very deep foundations in Marxism. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we can discuss further at a later time. But just to use that as an example, if a local school on the county level wants to institute uh, a curriculum that addresses high risk students or at risk students for different things, they need federal money a lot of the time. And so the federal government will say, you can have this money, but you have to use SEL curriculum. You have to use the curriculum that, that we are offering or else you don't get the money. It's the same thing with our local library, as I mentioned earlier. They took a $24,000 grant from the federal government and bought a lot of these books that uh, myself and others have uncovered that are highly inappropriate for children. So there is a lot of overlap between the federal government, mostly through money, and the state government and the county government. But I think what we as conservatives locally have done to, to allow this to happen, uh, and, and I don't mean to you know, sort of denigrate anyone in particular, but we have abdicated the field. We, we have left library boards. We have left school boards. We, we think if we, if we sort of travel in our, in our own circles, 
Uh, we create these ideological bubbles. We can just shut the, the outside world out and pretend it's not happening, but it is. So what I would encourage people to do is start looking at the institutions that are local, whether it's, it's publicly funded or otherwise, and look at how they can address these issues. How can, how can we regain that ground and start pushing that back? So what I referred to before with activating, mobilizing, and engaging. Once you have identified these areas where we can improve, where we can become engaged, you have to be activated. And part of the goal of these lectures is to become activated. I can explain to you or my colleagues can explain to you what's going on. You can better understand it. You've now been activated. Then you mobilize. You go out and you tell your friends, your neighbors, the folks you go to church with, and you say, this is why this is important. This is what I learned. Let's do something about it. And you gather together, you form grassroots movements, you form organizations like our nonprofit, for example, and then you engage. So once you've activated, once you've mobilized, now you can engage and use the tools that hopefully you learn from uh, our, our workshops or similar workshops that are operating around the country. And then you can engage with these is issues. You can run for local office. You can try to get onto these boards. You can form a protest and hold these people accountable for what they're doing in our communities and in our culture. That is how we begin to push this back. But it's not just on, of course, on the, the local level with our libraries and things like that, although that is important, that's the ground level. We also have to address uh, our, our general assembly. We, I think we have a lot of great uh, assemblymen and women in, uh, in Nashville, but they need to know that we support them when they're pushing back against this stuff. There's something called fire alarm theory in political science, which basically says that a representative is not going to act unless they are told that they need to act, unless someone pulls that fire alarm, if you'll you know, follow the idiom there. Uh, so if we, as, as their constituents, are not doing that, we shouldn't be surprised when they don't do anything about it. So we need to be constantly pressuring them, both in a positive and a negative sense. If we feel that they're not doing enough, we need to pressure them to do more. If we feel that they are doing enough, we need to praise them for that. So we, we can't rest on our laurels. They need us just as much as we need them. Hey, guys, support our work, if you would, please. You know, one of the um, fundamental principles, and we've been talking about principles a lot today. When I think about conservatism, one of the fundamental principles is to, is to pay your own way, is to not depend on others, is to not take a free ride. We only have about... 5%, 4% of people that give to the Tennessee conservative, but we have like tons and tons and tons that consume our, our content, tens of thousands. Sometimes we reach through our social media outlets alone, 15, 20 million people a month. A lot of people taking a free ride on the old Tennessee conservative. You need to go ahead and donate. If for nothing else than to relieve your guilty conscience, that's worth a few dollars. Go to tennesseeconservativenews.com slash support with gas prices being so high, I can at least give you a guilt trip if I can't give you a vacation. Uh, do mail us, the Tennessee Conservative, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. My wife comes in here, helps me process the checks. I got so much to do. People ask me, I've, I've gotten several emails, I don't see how you do what you do. Especially there's some small business owners that are very generous to our publication. And, uh, they say, I, I, I run a business, I have two kids, I don't see how you do it. Well, it is tough. It is tough. We're thinly staffed. We're underfunded. If you if you don't want to say, man, I sure, I used to love that Tennessee conservative. It was nice finally having a conservative news alternative that actually covered Tennessee exclusively. Oh, it was nice. 
outnumbered 85 to 1. Oh, it was great. Why did it go out of business? Well, I didn't give any money. We run on donations here, people. So do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com. And when you do, you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. You will get this. You'll also get these bumper sticker. If you get $50 or more, and if you give a $10 donation or more, you will get this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. If you give any amount, you'll get this Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. You'll also get this proud Tennessee conservative uh, bumper sticker. And we will send you the current directory of all your state representatives and senators so that you can hold them accountable to the degree that you are able and that they care. All right, guys, we need your support. Don't leave me high and dry here. Do the right thing. Thank you so much. So we've got, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, there have been uh, recently we've ran stories and articles on all of the uh, kind of Marxist, anti-racist um, requirements that are um, all throughout departments and hiring policies in the UT system. We see uh, wit and wisdom. We see social and emotional learning. Uh, but we don't see, in my opinion, uh, Republican Party leadership doing a lot to call attention to it or root it out. Like it really does. I mean, you, with the General Assembly, it seems we don't have to we don't have to pull and we can't just pull the fire alarm. It's like we have to set a small fire in the basement uh, to even get them to wake up to things that are very obvious that the grassroots have been telling them. I mean, how would you grade Republican leadership in particular um, in the General Assembly where so much of this comes from almost all of the authority for state local governments, uh, library boards that are publicly funded, um, school boards? I mean, it all comes down ultimately from the General Assembly. Uh, granted, you should be engaged, but a lot of the, I guess, the the ground rules, a lot of the, all the authority uh, comes from the General Assembly. What are some of the positive changes that you have seen? What are some of the things that you've been disappointed in? Sure. So most recently, last night, I was at a, a local meeting uh, and Senator Hensley was there. And uh, he spoke about a, a recent bill that was filed to uh, limit, if not eliminate, the mutilation of children, uh, you know, around this idea of, of gender, uh, gender affirming care, as the left likes to call it. Let's call it what it is. It's bodily mutilation. And in a lot of cases, it, 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 it results in uh, impotence. They can never have children. Uh, it, it, these are lifelong changes that we're leaving up to children. And of course, the billion dollar industry that surrounds this in, in the medical community. So I give them a, a huge amount of praise for that. I think they're a little bit behind the power curve. Let's say on a scale of one to 10, I'd probably give them a four or a five. Um, I think they're behind the curve because the left has gained so much ground in these areas already. We need to push really hard on this. I'd like to give a, a shout out to both Senator Hensley and uh, Kip Capley. They're both good men. I think their hearts are in the right place, and I think they're fighters. Uh, I can't say the same for a lot of other folks that are in Nashville. Uh, and, and again, I think it comes back to us putting pressure on them every day, writing letters, phone calls, emails, showing up to their offices and saying, hey, this is a real concern for us. What are you going to do about it? Uh, and frankly, we just had we just had the election, but the next one that rolls around, we need to remember what happened at the beginning of their term and what they did or didn't do. And if we feel that they didn't do enough or they could have done more or they did enough, we need to promote uh, them or their primary opponents accordingly. Personally, I think every uh, senator, every representative, 
every rep, well, small r representative on every level should be primaried every election, including myself as a, as a local commissioner. I, I have an obligation to the people that I represent to prove to them that I should be in that office every single election year. And I need to be challenged. And I, I say the same for everyone else at every level. That is how we keep the pressure up. And that's how we hold them accountable, ultimately. Um, and again, folks out there, I, you know, I'm just some guy. I decided I wanted to get into politics and I ran and I won. I'm not anyone particularly special. But if you feel called to do that, if you feel called to run yourself, you absolutely should. And there are so many resources out there for you uh, to learn more to uh, knock on doors, to know how to run a campaign, how to fundraise, all these different things. But we have to get engaged. Well, um, two things on the gender affirming care kerfuffle that has recently come out. You know, Janice Bowling and Reagan ran a bill that would have stopped that, that was killed by rhinos uh, in the last couple of sessions. And it was watered down uh, by the same characters on the medical committees whose campaign coffers are completely full of special interest money from the medical community because uh, they were making money on it and they didn't want to stop. And it wasn't until Matt Walsh uh, put egg on their face that they finally showed up. And the thing that probably aggravates me the most about all that is instead of uh, giving the praise and the credit where it should have went uh, to the representatives who tried to stop it before it was a problem and trot their bill back out, you know, they, they relegate them to obscurity. And then the folks that uh, ignored it the first time take all the credit and run with it. And if it weren't for us reporting on it, I don't know that there's another news outlet that does. And we're also going to be putting together a, a candidate training uh, at the Tennessee Conservative uh, in early spring because running for office is not something you need to do the, the year of. It's something you need to start planning and working four years in advance. And uh, we're going to try to maybe even put together a coaching cadre uh I don't like getting back into that business, but nobody seems to be helping the true conservatives. Uh, it's a lot easier to get consulting and assistance in Tennessee right now. If you're part of the moneyed uh, establishment, you can you can get all the help you need. But if you're a, a true conservative, it's it's a little bit more challenging. So what advice would you give to our viewers um, about how they can engage and then talk about um, how people can find out more information about your organization? Sure. So first thing, just to reiterate, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but become informed and then activate, mobilize, engage. Uh, the first step is learning more. That's always going to be the first step, in my opinion. So if you go to one of our lectures, uh, you know, if, if well, first of all, I should say, if you want us to come to your area, uh, let me know. Uh, you can find us at www.foundlf, that's foundlimafoxtrot.org. And uh, there's a contact us button on there. So let us know to come out there. But what I'm going to tell the folks, and by the time this air, airs, I will have already told them, at the end of this lecture I'm giving, I want them to know and encourage them by saying, you've already taken the first step by coming to this lecture, by being interested enough and motivated enough to go out of your way, take a, a, an hour and a half on a Saturday night to come learn more about this. And as you leave those doors, you are now better informed than most of your peers and your colleagues. So spread that information. That is absolutely the first and maybe even the most important step, because a lot of folks are, are motivated. This is something I've noticed recently uh, before we set up the foundation was that I'm talking to a lot of folks and they're motivated. They're upset about what they see, but they don't know what to do about it. So if they can engage with groups like ours, groups like yours, 
and uh, learn more, get the tools they need, I think they'll take it from there. I think if, if they get a little bit of guidance, a little bit of training, they're motivated enough to go out into their communities and make a difference. But it does start with becoming more educated, becoming more well-informed, and then going through the activate, mobilize, and engage uh, process. Well, very good. Well, I've enjoyed having you on here. I know it is a, you've got a full-time job, then you're doing the commission stuff, and then you're uh, running your nonprofit. I, I, I know what it's like to have multiple things pulling at you. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this interview and uh, wish you the best of luck as you educate people across the volunteer state. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this interview, please do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com, hit that subscribe button, uh, and also search for Tennessee Conservative wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Brandon Lewis. Until next time, signing off.